Welcome to the Beach Grove United Methodist Church podcast, where you can hear our Sunday morning sermons in audio form and take them wherever you go. A reminder that if you want to watch the entire service, our services are available on our YouTube channel linked in the podcast notes. We would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast so that new sermons come into your feed as soon as they are available, and you can do this using your favorite podcasting app. We would love it if you would help to support the missions and ministries here at Beach Grove through your tithes and your offerings. A donation link is also linked in the notes below. And lastly, find us on Facebook and Instagram to follow along with all the fun things happening at Beach Grove, whether you live in Suffolk, Virginia or not. We hope you enjoyed this week's message, and please don't forget to share it with others. Scripture lesson comes from John chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. Will you please stand for the reading of the gospel? After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to those who were, distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments left over, so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled 12 baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. This is the word of God for the people of God. I invite you to take out your notes page there. That is, in, that is the, the insert in your bulletin. If you are joining us online, there is a link to the sermon notes. Uh, feel free to uh, pull those up now or pull them up later. Also, uh, for those of you here in this space or online, you are more than welcome to jot down your own notes as well. I, I believe there might be a little bit of white space on that paper. Um, and so feel free to write down your own notes of what you uh, take with you from this sermon as well. Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you, that as we continue to explore these signs, our eyes would be open to the kingdom that you have created for us and for all of creation. It's in your son's name we pray. 
Amen. A truly selfish act, a truly selfish, selfless, friends, I'm having problems this morning. Whew. All right, let me take one second here. Let's start over. A truly selfless act always sparks another. This is a, a, a quote from one of my favorite, new favorite holiday movies called Klaus. It's on Netflix. It's a, it's a great movie. It's one of those, those Santa Claus origin stories that we have been getting a lot of, and it places this, this man in a fictional land called Smearinsburg, and he is a postal worker who is appointed to this downtrodden city that is afflicted with this waging war of two families that would make the Hatfields and McCoys look like the best of friends. And Jesper, who is this main character, his job is to rebuild the postal service in this little community. And he befriends this humble carpenter slash toy builder named Klaus and begins to work with them with him to bring toys to the kids. Now, Jasper's intentions begin very selfishly because he wants to build the postal service, and so he offers to deliver these letters to this man named Klaus, who will then bring the kids toys. But in the midst of doing all of this, this sparks hope within the community. A once warring city becomes a hub of warmth, learning, comfort for children, and eventually the families. Now, you should definitely go watch it, so I'm not going to ruin the whole story for you, because it's a great movie. But this line, a truly selfless act always sparks another, is a line that's uttered multiple times in this movie. And it really got me thinking of the selfless acts that often multiply. And it got me thinking about this scripture. Because a truly selfish, selfless act always sparks another. Like maybe a little boy bringing and offering his lunch to 5,000 people. You see, one of the cool things about the Gospel of John is it's different than the other three. Right, We don't get the focus like Luke does on the poor and the orphaned and the widow. It's not a historical document like the Gospel of Matthew. No, John, John is focused on the nature of Jesus that transcends our own understanding of what it means to believe in God and what it means to have eternal life. John presents this lordship figure in opposition to the Caesar who ruled the Roman land at the time. And in the gospel, we are presented with the figure of Jesus that sought for the world to know exactly who God is and this life that is offered. And so the crazy thing about all of this is many of the signs that we see in the gospel of John and many of the time and the way in which they are explained offers to us an understanding that helps us to dive deep into who Jesus is. Yes, it shows us who we are called to be. It shows us how we are called to interact with the world, but it shows us the life that we inherit when we recognize and acknowledge the nature of God that lives and exists within each and every one of us and across the face of creation. And as we look at the sign before us today, we see that oftentimes it's not the reliance on these mythical supernatural powers that we think Jesus has but it's the nature of Christ that exists within humanity that gathers us together and that multiplies within our midst. 
right? There's a couple of different things that are happening in this story today, but the most obvious of which is the fact that 5,000 people get fed off of five loaves of bread and two fish. Right? Nowhere in this passage do we see the actual multiplication of food. We just see that the food is distributed around. And even as we read, we look and see that it is the fragments of what is left over that are collected. The fragments of the five loaves and the two fish. Now what this means for the gathering shows us the nature in which the Christ that leads us in community multiplies in our midst that which we bring forward. And this is one sign where we look at, that we've looked at so far, where it seems less about Jesus doing a sign and more about the actions of what happens around Jesus that points us to the sign. Right, we hear the stage set. We have left Cana. We have, we have left the pools. The paralytic man has been healed. The royal official's son has been healed. The, the water has been turned into wine, and everybody has taken long, long naps to recover from the wedding. And Jesus has now moved to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And now, because of all these other signs that have happened, John, who is trying to create a narrative, again, remember, creating a narrative and building this up, there's now this crowd that has gathered. They've, they've heard all of these other three signs that have come through this gospel so far, and now they're interested in seeing this man, Jesus, for themselves. They saw all of his works, and they want to see what this man, Jesus, has to offer. This crowd gathered because of who Jesus is. And they too, like the royal official in the second sign, they too want to believe in seeing the signs for themselves. The role that Jesus plays in sustaining them for this journey. And so as we look here and we enter this sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, we begin to get this bread of life narrative, right? The entire sixth chapter of John is this narrative. It starts with the feeding of the 5,000. It goes into the sign that we're going to explore next week of Jesus walking on water. And then it ends with this discourse of Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. And so right about this time that Jesus begins to collect a crowd that begins to follow him, because remember, as Jesus is going through the countryside, it is his 12 disciples who are following very closely and learning from him, but Jesus is also bringing crowds along this journey with him. And these people who are following him, learning, understanding who he is, and experiencing these signs for themselves, and in the midst of all of this, they recognize the journey that they are on. And so they come to this point as they begin the journey. And Jesus notes this crowd that has gathered. And we learn and see here the way in which Jesus seeks to feed this crowd both physically and spiritually, right? The nature of this sign draws us towards the sustaining and communal nature that is the kingdom of God. And if we break down these two separate ideas that are happening in this sign, we see that it is both the generosity of the crowd 
And then also what the crowd receives that offers us perspective of the kingdom that allows us to see that even the smallest of acts can be multiplied in the presence of God. Jesus begins by recognizing the need for food. It's the midst of the Passover festival, right? It's not the, this is not the Seder meal. This is not the traditional Jewish Seder meal. That would have been celebrated. But remember, a lot of times in these Jewish festivals, they would have celebrated for days. Times of preparation, times of gathering. And as all of these people gather around Jesus... It is in this version of the story that we see that this crowd has gathered and that there's this little boy who comes to offer this meal. In the midst of Jesus trying to figure out how will we feed this crowd, not even 200 denarii, not even six months wages, not even all this food could buy enough. Not even the greatest treasures could help to feed this crowd. The disciples seem lost. And yet in the midst of this, Andrew comes up and says, but I have found a boy who's willing to offer five loaves of bread and two fish. And as they gather together, and this food is blessed and distributed, we look and see the way in which Jesus interacts with this community. Right, The act here is more than supernatural. We can believe that Jesus physically multiplied this food. We can believe that maybe in the offering of the little boy's food, others in the crowd gain compassion to offer food. But the true point, the true lesson from this sign is the nature in which the community gathered recognizes the role that Jesus plays in their life. the role that that small amount of food does in the midst of community and does in the hands of Jesus who calls this and brings this community together. The food is multiplied. And we learn what happens when we offer that little bit, even if it is just a little bit. When Jesus works in a supernatural or in a spiritual way in our lives, he can turn all that we give him into sustenance as we go along this journey. Jesus knows that this is not the last time that these people are going to commit to anything that that deals with God's kingdom. Not only does this story continue to reiterate lessons learned from the previous signs, those of abundance, right? There is 12 baskets of food left over. And friends, I do not believe they are the the little baskets like we have for our communion plate. These are probably baskets that are as big as those jugs of wine that we talked about a few weeks ago. Thankfully, it's bread and fish and not, you know, thousands of gallons of wine, hundreds of gallons of wine. Right, then we have belief in the nature of the people who become witness to the signs and turn to him and all. And then that boundlessness that we talked about last week and the nature of community that had gathered, all were fed. And now as we come to this lesson of nourishment, we see that it comes from our engagement with Christ in bringing who we are and then culminating this nature of community that allows for these gifts to be multiplied beyond anything we could ever imagine. The kingdom of God takes the little that we feel we can offer and it multiplies it because it brings us together. The question is, how are we willing to allow this work to happen? 
Right, what I love about that movie, Klaus, is it starts out with this one little boy. It starts out with this one picture that this little boy draws. And Jesper, wanting to deliver things, tries to get the little boy to buy a stamp so that he can mail his first letter. And when Jesper goes and visits Klaus for the first time, the, the, the paper falls out of his pocket and the, 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 uh, the figure Klaus sees it and gets Jesper to deliver this toy. Right, it starts with that one toy. And we see throughout the rest of the movie the way in which that one toy sparks within this community this nature of love and kindness. Kids begin to play with one another. Adults begin to put their, their differences aside to make what looks like delicious strawberry cake. I'm going to let y'all watch the movie to know what I'm talking about there. There's going to be a quiz next week. But one truly selfless act sparks another, and another, and another, and another. Right, this sign shows us and points us to the ways in which multiplication of these small selfless acts in our faith can be what both unite us together as community and identify in our sustenance for the journey. The small acts that we bring into this community the little bit that each and every one of us offers brings to this community the love and nature that God not only helps us to go along with the journey, but it multiplies the work that God does in the community as well. Right? We think about the nature of grace in this, in this sanctifying manner that's leading to our growth, our maturing, the faith that is guiding us. Right? And honestly, like, one of the greatest examples we have of this is this act of worship and, and coming to the table itself. As we approach the table, as we come to worship, we identify one small act that sustains us for this journey. There's a reason we come and gather together each and every week. And there's a reason we all come bringing what we have, what we offer to God. And there's a reason we come together to also in that nature of offering to God to receive all that God has for us. Because we know when we bring what we have, when we bring ourselves, even though like sometimes we may feel that that's not a very big offering, right? Anybody else feel like that sometimes? God offers to us more than we could ever imagine. The spiritual food that guides us through creation, that fills us with grace, that we then impart to others. And the kingdom calls us together as community. And so we ask ourselves, what are we bringing into this space? And then how are we leaving today? Are we bringing this nature of blessing, of worship, of praise to God? And then are we leaving filled with God's grace, overflowing to go and offer it to others? Amen.